Are you ready, amigo? See. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the W2 Amigos podcast, where we talk about passive investing, real estate, and all the money moves that you can make while working your W-2 so you're able to establish your financial freedom and, of course, your independence. Here to talk about their W-2 journeys, your host and, of course, amigos, Nick Coulter and Xavier Marin. X, man, what is going on with you today? Oh, what's going on, man? Not much, really. It's kind of been kind of quiet after the storm, getting back from BPCon, which was a great time. I know we're going to jump into that and really just kind of get situated to the time difference. So believe it or not, those two hours definitely make a difference. So just trying to get a, a swing of things. How about you, man? Yeah, uh, you should probably just move down to San Diego because I, uh, being able to share this is cool, but I'm actually under contract in a house in San Diego, a duplex out there. Uh, my plan is to rent out the front on Airbnb. My wife and I live in the back and we're going to be able to house hack it and leave for free. So that's good. And then also went under contract in another house for a client of mine. They're also going to be able to live for free in California. So it can be done, folks. Um, really exciting. And also want to debrief BPCon because I was there with you. Uh, the Amigos were able to capitalize, but we have some thoughts and some learnings for us to take away and share with you guys. Yeah, congrats on getting the contract for those properties, man. It's pretty cool to see you get the the primary under your belt right now and then also helping a client house hack on theirs too. So pretty eventful week. Very eventful and a little stressful. I was waking up, running over during lunch breaks, sending out contracts, scheduling inspections, all that fun stuff, but it's all good. So it was a busy couple of days, but we're, we're through it. So what are we talking about today? BPCon recap. Whoop, so- whoop. For those that did not go, don't worry. We're going to give you kind of a brief overall of how it went. Um, it was Nick's first time going out there. It was my third time going out there as well. So you're going to be able to hear different perspectives about our time there. I'll just start off the bat. I think just it, it's just awesome to be out there in that environment with so many investors, so many people that are like-minded, the conversations you have overall. Um, I would say it was a really nice three days out there, and I truly had a blast. Yeah, same. So, you know, my first impressions, I have to admit, I was very overwhelmed. You know, when you live your everyday life, you're walking around, going to work, coming back home. You're probably one of a very small handful of people that you know that are interested in financial independence and real estate investing. And then you go to a conference that's got 2,700 people that all are super into real estate investing and would pay thousands of dollars to go travel to do so and talk about it. It's really cool, but it was a little overwhelming, I will admit. Um, I would say for me, it wasn't necessarily... You, there's still a level of being overwhelmed just because you're you're a little fish essentially in this huge like ocean because you just have so many investors in there and so many different levels and everyone just kind of killing it in their own way. And some of the things that I would say it kind of compares to last events, I think overall it has gotten better in terms of the content that's being delivered, the amount of people that are attending and being really attentional with the events. So I would say kind of like overall, it's still a little intimidating, but I, I found myself just being a little bit more intentional with my approach being that it was my third time being there. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the content. I thought it was really cool. Definitely worth the money. I would say, you know, make sure that you are prioritizing what you want to learn out there. I know we'll talk about some of the things we, we need to do different to prepare. But one of the things that really resonated with me was the learning that could be done there. And, you know, just the resources available to you from CPAs to content creators to multifamily syndicators to expert short-term rental uh, folks, house hacking 
you know, everything and anything under the sun in real estate was there. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, Nick, being your first time going out there, now that you kind of went through it all, what do you think you could do differently to prepare for next year's BBCon, which will be in Orlando, Florida, by the way, which is really exciting. We're going to hit up Disney World. Anyway, what would you do differently for next year? So I would say first, I needed to be more prepared for the level of networking and how quick those exchanges were. So I'll give you an example. I was at the social hour. X and I split up to try to divide and conquer. I ended up talking to a real estate uh, agent slash Airbnb manager, and he gave me an amazing contact for an Airbnb a photographer that's going to be able to do drone shots for me and everything on my property. Chatted up with him, could only save his name and his contact information. And like didn't have like a good way to follow up on that. So then the next person I meet is a real estate agent from Ohio. And she had like a blink or something like that. Basically, I could scan a QR code on her phone. and It would upload all of my information into her phone and all of her information into my phone. So it would say the name, her Instagram, her TikTok, her podcast, if you want to add that in, her website, all these different things can be pre-populated and all they had to do was click save. So I needed something like that, didn't have it. So that was my first takeaway, things I needed to do differently to prepare. And then the second thing is I needed to be more prepared on what I was going to look for to connect with. So I needed to understand heading into there, do I connect with house hackers? Do I connect with people down in San Diego in my area? Do I try to connect with people who do something completely different than me? Just so I can frame my rind around how quick to turn over those conversations and how long to have them. Those are my two biggest takeaways that I needed. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you had. Yeah, I would say this time around, higher prepared was I was I went into it knowing that I wanted to be a part of sessions that were more commercial real estate related. And I also wanted to have conversation with folks mainly from like W2 that we could eventually get on the podcast and then just resources that we could use for the podcast, right? So I would say, you know, I kind of went in with that mindset. What I would do differently is I felt like I networked, networked pretty well. However, I did find myself catching up with a lot of great people that I've met before in the past, which is great. Um, however, because I spent a lot of time doing that, I didn't get it. I didn't get enough time to truly get out and meet newer people. Right. So it's next year is going to be more along the lines of still having a good balance between catching up with folks, but still connecting with new individuals is is something that could work on next year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we would both agree. I'm a pretty social person and I like to be out there and talk to a lot of folks. I'm like the extroverts extrovert. Man, I was like, where'd my buddy go? Where's my friend X and my comfortable blanket to then put on me to feel like I know what I'm doing. So that was a big lesson learned. I was going to throw in there too. We got to figure out a way next year to stand out. And I think for us, that's going to be QR codes on the shirts with like the podcast information on it so they can snap it. We get some like branded stuff out there. I'll give you guys an example. There was a dude, don't know who he is, have no idea what he does, but he had a like a curled mustache like Wiley e. Coyote and then was wearing an American flag overall set the entire trip. I if I see him on a podcast, I'm going to correlate him to that moment that I saw him and I'm sure he's going to be remembered by a ton of people whereas I was just in a regular t-shirt and some and some Lululemon pants. So, I'm sure I was looked over a thousand times compared to that guy. 
Yeah. And, you know, even to add on to that, right, is that's definitely one way you can stand out. Another thing is going to be like, what what's your social media following and kind of how much you post and active on social media? Because I know some people out there that are that have gotten pretty popular the past year, really just being out there sharing content with individuals and people start recognizing folks, right? I'll give you an example. I can't wait to have this guy at some point in, in our podcast claims to fire, right? A lot of people know that that handle for Instagram and Twitter. So our, our buddy Jose, he gets he gets noticed quite a bit now because he's constantly posting people see his handle they see him in person and he was the first day there he's wearing a bears jersey granted he's a bears fan he has some problems to work through um, <laughs> but nevertheless like he posts a photo of himself in the bears jersey he's like hey come and find me at bp con like that is a great way for folks to be able to find you identify you when you're out there absolutely all right so next up on the agenda talk about how do we network better uh, a couple takeaways i had was the ability to connect around what they're doing in real estate and then find a way to make it relatable to what you got going on. So for example, you meet an investor that has done some sales to Airbnbs. You talk to them about what their strategy is and how they make sure that they're servicing their clients. But I mean, could work all the way up to commercial real estate and just talking to them about how they got invested. Just have that kind of predetermined script in your head about how you're going to talk about these topics with these folks. Uh, to make sure you're making those conversations meaningful and not super awkward. And then no one to cut it. When it gets stale and it gets gone, be like, all right, man, I'm going to move on. I'm going to hit the uh, hit the circle and mingle a little bit. I think that's a big one uh, that I missed on because I love to talk. So I was chit-chatting with people way too long. Yeah. And I was going to throw out there, it's okay to say, hey, man, it was nice talking to you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and catch up with like other people, whatever it may be, because that other person might be struggling with the same thing and they'd be like, oh, thank goodness he went ahead and cut it off, right? Because sometimes you just kind of have like, you don't want to be rude to the person. But if someone like sometimes in certain environments, especially like the cocktail hour, it's kind of like speed dating, but for real estate, right? You're talking about what do you do, what you're working on, you ask like, hey, what are you working on? How can you add, how can I add value? Whatever that may be, you just kind of move on. What I would probably do differently or how I can network better, I think next time around during the keynote speech at some point, or I think it was the MCs, they talked about, One, going in with the mindset of identifying someone that could potentially be your mentor, identifying someone that potentially can help mentee, connecting with someone that is of like from a professional standpoint, right? Do they have a business, do they have a company, some type of like service company and being really intentional with those connections, right? And I think I I heard that, but I didn't really apply it when I when we went through the um, the conference. So that's one of the things that I want to do differently is, is potentially even then, right, network better. Probably already have some like some lunches or some dinners already set up that we can go to with some folks that we eventually kind of build the social media following that we have. So what'd you take away, man? What were your favorite sessions? There was a good like two or three that stood out the most to me. But my favorite, one of my favorite sessions was all around cap rates and commercial real estate. What I found really fascinating. So so I'm entering in the commercial space right now with my partner. So we're trying to figure out ways to, of course, be able to to acquire commercial property. And one of the things that I found really interesting was people talking about cap rate doesn't matter. Like the entry cap rate does not matter. You know, what's going to be your exit and then what's going to be your revenue? Those are the things you need to be looking for. So in my end, I was kind of thinking through like, man, I'm not sure this cap rate makes sense. It doesn't really work when you're kind of outlines the deals. doesn't matter. Forget about it. Things could be what's your return look like for your investors? What's the revenue you're doing that you're producing? And then also what's going to be your exit cap? The other piece that I got that was I thought was really great was they used an example of someone acquiring a mobile home park. I don't recall what exactly it was in terms of the amount that they acquired the property, but they said this individual was solving a problem, 
had an issue. The issue was there was a lot of like random cars stationed across the mobile home park, a lot of random storage things. Just the part, the whole mobile home park was not cleaned up. So what they did was they spent a hundred grand and they essentially built somewhat of a, of a pseudo parking lot slash storage area and sent out notices to the tenants there and said, Hey, if you have anything you want to store, go ahead and park it here. Um, that way we kind of remove all the excess stuff from the property itself. So they spent a hundred grand and they built this massive, essentially storage fence area, which started giving them $10,000 more a month of income because they were charging people to store the things. And if you know anything about our society, we love storing things and we can't get rid of things. So they were making 10 grand a month. That's $120,000 more per year of income. So because of that, that actually bumped up their evaluation of the property by $2 million. So just by spending a hundred grand, which turned into an extra $120,000 more a year, their property was now worth $2 million more. And my head was blown because I had never thought about it that way. Just commercial real estate is really different than you typically deal with like residential. So I, I was mind blown. So I think the biggest takeaway, one of my favorite sessions, just content, just related to related to commercial real estate. Yeah. So I had two. So the first one was the tax savings for Airbnb investors. So this is super relevant to our W2 audience. If you are a W2 investor and you have real estate, you typically can't write your losses off because they're passive losses against your active income. However, with certain qualifications, again, I'm not a CPA, neither is X, so consult your tax professional. But we are able to, if you manage an Airbnb with a certain number of material hours in a quarter and in a year, you're able to write those losses off as active income because it's actively managing the property. And I think it's like as long as your stays are less than seven average for the year, something like that. So that was the first big one. Second one is you can pull a cost segregation study and then mirror those two strategies up together to have a huge massive loss so that you can write off an accelerated depreciation against your property to have a huge tax savings and also could apply to your W-2 income. So I'll be hitting up my accountant about that next week, make sure I'm game planning as I'm closing up on this property to get all that stuff done. Um, so that was my big one for the tax strategy. Second one was content creation. I enjoyed the crap out of that panel. So shout out to the Invest Her uh, podcast sponsored by Bigger Pockets, Invest Her. Uh, it's a female empowerment and support group around real estate investing. They're phenomenal. And they gave some amazing advice. The thing that stuck with me the most is one of the panelists was discussing the voice inside your head and you need to name it. So you are Nick or you are X. And then the voice inside your head, we're going to use Alfred. All right. Alfred's my voice. And Alfred said some wild shit sometimes that's full of doubt, that's full of concern, that's going to scare you. And you got to just look Alfred and say, hey, Thanks for the comments. I'm going to keep moving on and pressing on because my biggest hang up on posting more content is I don't want to seem like an idiot. However, I want, when I was learning, more content from people so that I could learn from them. So it's like that catch-22. It's like, well, I don't want to post because I almost sound dumb. But there's someone out there that wants to learn from me potentially and share my journey and what we're going through, through the podcast, through my investing journey, through my W-2 work. There's so much to share there. And like that vote of confidence was a big takeaway for me. So expect to see us a lot more on social media as part of the W2 Amigos podcast. Yeah, I was thinking through because I know we talked about you being part of that that session and we're going to have to get comfortable with with being uncomfortable. Right. And what I mean by that is 
one, I would say we don't post a whole lot. You're posting a lot more than I am. I really don't post a whole lot of real estate related things, if I'm being honest. But the thing is, as you start getting out there, as you start posting, as you start sharing content, you're always going to have someone that's going to say you're wrong or that's stupid or you know, whatever, look at X hairline, whatever it, like you're going to have something or some kind of feedback. So I think it's gonna be very important too to be able to have that thick skin and just kind of roll with it. Cause at the end of the day, if we're able to impact one or two individuals with the content we share, that's already a win right there. Yeah, I agree. And it's crazy because I've already had it happen while posting on the bigger pockets forums to try to help rookie investors. I had this guy comment uh, when I commented, you know, California over the last 40 years has experienced 4.1% appreciation annually, even with the crash. And this guy goes, so you're just saying appreciation is just going to keep building. That's ignorant. What if people lose all their money? I'm like, well, I'm not saying either way. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm saying that I tend to believe this based on this data. And also go fuck yourself, dude. Like, why are you being <laughs> such a hater unnecessarily on a really positive pro investment platform? If the numbers work out, they work out. But again, I have to realize a lot of people internalize their fear and then push that out on other folks. And I think that's something we got to we gotta just thank them, pack it up put it in the backpack and keep moving on. Yeah. And I'll share, I've kind of had my experiences in some way with, um, with hosting Airbnb, right? Cause not every single guest is going to give you the best review. You're always going to have some of those guests. There's a little bit more complicated than others. And Nick, if you recall, like over the weekend and during the event, like we, ha- I had a difficult guest that we just, we had just through. And it's one of the things where it's, I beat myself up quite a bit in the very beginning. Cause like, man, I'm, I'm very bummed out that this person is having a bad experience. And it's like, all right, that's going to be one bad review but there's still so many more opportunities out there to be able to capitalize. Right. And I have to be realistic where I'm not going to be able to please everyone every single time. And that's okay. Now, if I get the same feedback two times, three times, all right, now that's an issue that's truly happening within my business that I need to address, but just not because one person says it doesn't necessarily mean that exactly it is how it is. Absolutely. All right. So next year, What's our plan of attack? Me personally, I'm going after content I don't know anything about. So the reason I took away a ton from the tax professional and from the content creators is because I don't know much about that. Now, I went to a panel that has my FI team, my guy on it, Craig Curlop. I love him to death. And he said a lot of great things in that podcast but or on that uh, content panel, but it was all stuff I already knew on how to be a real estate uh, agent that is investor friendly. I went to David Green's house hacking podcast or, or breakout. Didn't learn a ton because I already know a lot about house hacking. So those are the things, same thing with short-term rentals. So I would say I'm going to force myself out of my comfort zone and I'm going to do other stuff. I'm going to go to real estate syndications. I'm going to go to apartment buildings. Uh, Do I want to be an operator? Hell no. Do I want to be a passive investor? Hell yes. So learning about those things, knowing operators, getting to know people that are in a different space, um, I think is going to be my plan of attack next year. Do that and be prepared to network at the highest level. And I think we'll have a good uh, Orlando conference with bigger pockets. Yeah, I would say something that I'm going to do a little bit differently next year. I think this year I went with the intent of wanting to grow more on the commercial side. So that definitely I was able to accomplish that. But I think I want to put myself in a position next year where either try to grow kind of our our candidate pool for like investors that want to invest with us in the syndications and then also kind of get our podcast out there a little bit more and connect with more people like that, right? Be comfortable with sharing with what I'm doing, what we're doing, right? The benefits they can see from listening to us or investing with us. Um, so I think getting out of my comfort zone to essentially talk about you know the company that I'm partnering with a little bit more, talking about a podcast a little bit more, because sometimes it can be very easy to think, man, it just kind of sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn or patting myself on the back. But no, people want to know what you're working on and people want to be like, okay, 
I think you can add value to whatever it is I'm working on as well too. And I'll give you a perfect example. You know, I was able to connect with um, an individual that I worked with for in the past and he shared, you know, he formerly left his W2, which we got to get him on the podcast too. Great guy. And he talked about kind of how he's working in his business right now and how he'd be interested in partnering from a hospitality standpoint with a company that I'm working with. I'm like, that's great. And I would have never known that if I did not talk to that person. So again, you just never know what you're going to get from a conversation. And then also too, I would say like just being open to like lending a hand for those newbie investors, right? So you do, you did see a lot of investors out there that were a little bit more quiet. First time you had a little rookie plaque on there and like, you know, being super quiet, like, Hey, maybe start a conversation with them. You don't know how much it, like it would make their day or their conference just knowing, Hey, someone that's a little bit more experienced started talking to me, reached out to me. Um, so I think I want to do a little bit of that of just helping out the rookies that are getting started, I, I think would be, would be a great start for me. Some of the things that I wish maybe were a little different and maybe some things to look forward to, to next year. So I see the real estate space moving into a really creative space over the next 12 to 18 months. You have a lot of folks that have locked in their interest rates at sub 3%. I just got approved on my property, my loan fully funded for my property at 6.5%, which made me cry just a little bit. And what you're going to see is not everybody wants to be in their house forever. Most consumers in America could give two craps about what their current financial position is. We have seen that. So I think you're going to see a lot of people wanting to get out of a house without necessarily knowing if they can sell because their property may have depreciated in value in the correction and their interest rate's super good. So they don't want to give it up. So I want to hear more about creative financing. So next year, I would love to hear Pace be able to have a full on discussion panel related to financing, creative financing, and have one on each day. I'd love to hear about small creative financing deals for the average investor like you and me, and then also large commercial creative financing deal for the more experienced investor like yourself and the company you're working with. I would love to hear that. And I would love to be able to do that. Yeah, to add on to that, something I'd like to see you on the creative side, right, would be more from a subject to perspective. So when we had kind of this real estate high, a lot of people were purchasing properties at a really high value. So as things start to kind of cool down just a little bit, talking about inflation, talking about the economy, I'm curious to know those investors that bought a really high price, how are they doing today? How are they doing a year from now? Are they still performing the way they thought they would? Are they struggling? If so, as investors that did not purchase at that price and are probably looking to get in a year from now, you know, what does creative financing look like? What does subject two look like? Can we have a session about potential like short sales or pre foreclosures or foreclosures? Because unfortunately, we may see some of that within the next year or two. We may see people start defaulting on their loans. We don't want that to happen. But if it's happening, how can, you know, new investors or other people that are looking to get in the game, how can they go ahead and learn and leverage those type of opportunities that they're seeing there? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my big complaint, you know it, I did not enjoy the venue a lot. For a couple reasons. Number one, I was, you know, beginning two escrows at the same time and I had zero cell service in the entire conference room. I had one spot near the lobby in the front that I get access to. So I think that needs to be fixed. Bigger pockets help us out. You got real estate people that all they do is work on their damn phone. Give us access to our phones if you could. And I would say the second thing is the panels that I went to were a lot more interesting and a lot more, I would say, educational than getting talked at by one particular person. So I would love to see them incorporate a heavier panel style with the ability to have listeners, readers, and bigger pockets members submit questions to those panels ahead of time. And then the bigger pockets team will select those questions. Now I want to call out any listeners that may have been listening that asked a stupid question, but there are some dumb questions asked in our recaps, our end of sessions, and it took 20 minutes to get through a question that served maybe 2% of the room. And I think the Bigger Pockets community knows 
to select better questions than that. I think that'd be probably a little bit better, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I didn't pay in a conference to hear something that I don't necessarily need to know. So that's my thought. Here's my thought that there is such things as a stupid question, in my opinion. So to kind of add on to what I'd like to see different this year, I'm not going to add on the Wi-Fi thing. You already talked about it. The venue itself, I think one San Diego was gorgeous. It was a nice hotel. The amount of space to operate to network was really rough because there was almost 2,000 people in this conference, which was great, but you didn't have a whole lot of room within the main area to be able to network, talk to folks. And I know that you had to do some changes to the room. So I think that was becoming a little bit more difficult. Um, So I would say the other piece as well, I like when people are talking about certain topics or their books that they're releasing, right? Yeah, you wrote a new book for bigger pockets, whatever that may be. That is awesome. You're talking about it. I feel like sometimes it's way too surface level. So because they want you to buy the book, the way I see it is like, let's dig in deeper. Talk about some of the concepts that you have in your book. And from there, I'm going to go ahead and purchase it anyway. But if, if I'm going into this environment where it's like, you're not giving me a whole lot, you're giving me vague answers just to purchase your book, I'm not going to buy it. Because I just wasn't a fan of how you presented it the first time around. So what makes me think that I'm going to be a fan of the way that it's written in the book as well? So that was my two takeaways there. Yeah, makes total sense. All right. Anything else we want to recap on BPCon 2022 as we look forward to BPCon 2023? No, the other thing I'm just going to say, it's, it's for those that haven't experienced BPCon or debating back and forth to do it, just go for it. It's going to be such a great event. It's going to be such a great time connecting with people. I was really scared my first time that I went and that is normal because I had just bought my first house hack. Didn't I literally closed the day before I flew out to BBCon to Nashville in 2019. So at least I could say, hey, I just got my first property, but definitely get out there, give it a shot. And you know what? If you don't like it, that's okay. Bigger pockets and real estate, it's not the only conference out there. There's so many more conferences out there. Heck, I'm going to a multifamily one next year, or actually not next year, next month um, in Orlando. So, you know, definitely push yourself to to get out there a little bit more or to at least post in the bigger pockets forum and just kind of get out there and network a little bit more. Yeah, I would say I was a rookie going to the conference first time. I will never miss another one. The if you're doing it right, you're gonna get so much more value than the eight, nine hundred thousand dollar ticket price. And I think it's really cool because it puts you in a headspace to take action. And if you're an individual that can execute, which hopefully our W-2 employees can execute or else I'm a little worried about your future employment, you should be able to take some of the things that you learned and be able to apply them to your investing journey. Um, And you're going to see a way higher return on investment of that time spent and that money spent than just hanging out at the house, taking no action. Oh, one more thing that I think which I would hope would change as a W-2 employee, if we can just shift the event up by a day that'd be great so i only have to take like one day off versus like two or three days off selfishly i think as a w2 investor like that would be great but outside of that you know it is what it is i would agree i had to take two days off from our w2 i know you did as well and then i came back into work wednesday morning after driving all the way home from san diego and getting home at like 10 o'clock at night so i felt like crap for the entire day. So bigger pockets, if you listen, we'd love to hear a Sunday, Monday conference that kicks off Saturday. I know it might be difficult, but please help us out. All right. With that, guys, that is our recap of the 2022 Bigger Pockets Conference held down in San Diego. These are your amigos signing off. Please remember to leave us an honest review on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us grow the show get really cool people to interview with us to share more education and knowledge. And then also 
and allows us to make a bigger impact in the financial independence and stability community. So please do that for us if you can. Uh, We are signing off now. So my name is Nick Holter. If you guys want to get connected with me, I am the FI family on Instagram and also TikTok. And you can also find me on the Bigger Pockets forums under Nicholas Coulter. And I'm Xavier Marin. You can find me at Xavier Marin underscore at Instagram. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.